Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are attacking Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are joined again by Rick and Julia Ingham from Mad Max Minute. Welcome again, guys, and welcome for our actual attacking minute of the week. Also, our actual Mad Max of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's this like is it, the moment it's we've like been it's coordinated. Up <laughs> it's totally coordinated and not at all coincidence yes <laughs> today we are discussing minute 70 which begins with birds flying down to the ship and towards vanessa and er- and it ends with ariel saying eric her first line in in months yes <laughs> a long time <laughs> this minute features animals attacking vanessa and destroying the wedding Ariel climbing up the side of the wedding ship somehow. Uh, the shell sh- breaking by Ariel's feet. Eric's trance breaking. Ariel getting her voice back. And Eric and Ariel acknowledging each other and saying each other's names. Mm-hmm. It's some big action, guys. This is, I would say, well, it's not like the climax, but it's part of the climax. The climax the is next week, which is... It, it, it really wraps it, up fast. It really wraps up fast. Like you think about it and I'm like, oh yeah, it was like like 10 minutes, right? No, it's, it's like <laughs> three minutes. It It's fast. It's mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. There's some so, real angry birds in this minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to get like, we're going to collect all of our, our sea creatures. Um, Which was from yesterday. From minute. yesterday and get into the actual attack today. And I know Kestra has a lot of notes about this attack because anytime there's a lot of animals, Kester's going to have a lot of notes. Yes. You'll, you'll in part sh- because there's always a lot of animation and in part because she gets animal facts. I hope you're not doing too many animal facts on this one. No. Just no. a few? Just a, f- <laughs> just a few. It's not really animal facts. It's more about what animals we see and what they do. Okay. Then let's hit it. So Scuttle does his collecting. Which people really come through for him, which I don't yes. know why. Like, has so he done everyone a favor or do they know that this is for Ariel? I don't know. I mean, he says it's an emergency. We've got an emergency here and they all are like, okay. Do they know Scuttle? Probably. I mean, most of the, these animals were part of the the serenading. It's true. So we have bluebirds. I don't know what kind of birds they're just this time without haircuts or sideburns <laughs> yeah. some of them had black hair and sideburns during <laughs> the serenade yes there's about 17 that poke their heads out of you counted them? The, the tree <laughs> yes I of course them. and and then there's more and i couldn't count how many there's more when more show up more, more show up okay there are floor floor <laughs> There are four, four flamingos. flamingos. Yes. Okay, get the L in the right place. Four flamingos, even though in the serenading, there was only three. Mm-hmm. And one lead flamingo who who harmonized with Sebastian. Yes. With an amazing voice. Beautifully. One of, these, one of these flamingos has a great voice. Yes. There are five blue lobsters, but I think we only see three mm-hmm. actually attack. And, and well, three like with show one, up on the ship and then one actually attacks. Yeah. And- 
I always assumed that that one blue lobster was the same blue lobster that we see in Under the Sea. Probably. And and you said you were just editing Under the Sea today. Yeah. And and so the blue lobster's exceedingly rare. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like like one in 50,000 lobsters. So seeing five at, at once. Is, yeah. Is, like this is the fanciest place ever. <laughs> I, I looked it up. And I'm actually surprised you said one in 50,000 because uh, estimates by the University of Maine, their lobster institute, because of course the University of Maine has a lobster institute, but they put <laughs> the likelihood of catching a blue lobster at one in 200 million. Oh, wow. It might be even even less than I said. I don't remember exactly. So they There's probably of- exist at your ratio, but are caught catching. at mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So they're, just- they're slippery, ba- uh, slippery yeah. buggers. <laughs> yeah, like blue lobsters, not a common thing. Also, it looks like a thing you shouldn't eat. Yeah. Because it's blue. Yeah. It feels unnatural. Then there are, right next to the lobsters on the... When the starfish with eyes. There's the starfish with eyes. There are four of those, but more show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, differently colored, aren't they? Are they different shade when they show up on the boat? No, I don't think like so. Like a magenta. The uh, the then there are three dolphins, which tracks. Mm-hmm. And three seals, which doesn't c- tracks, but kind of doesn't track. I think I think time. it tracks fine. Okay, they just don't uh, they don't board the ship at the same place. And then we, as the as all the animals go together towards mm-hmm. the ship, we see pelicans there. They're joining. Yes. Okay. But with the flamingos, we don't see them attack anywhere. <sighs> oh man! Yeah, so very true. Where are the flamingos? Don't know. I bet there's a great flamingo gag. <laughs> Something about like one leg or how gangly they are. Dang. So the attacking. Okay. Now wait. When they're swimming to the boat, does it look like there's more seals I and dolphins? I could not count. You couldn't really I could tell? not count. Okay. Because the seals and the dolphins go through essentially the same motion. Like the, yes. the waves yeah. and everything. So I'm like, I, it looks like there might be more. It looks like there might be more, but I could not tell. Hard to tell. It was really hard to tell. Stopping there's some fast stopping. cuts coming in, in this action sequence. Oh, there's sequence. a lot of fast cuts. We don't do a lot of action sequences on our show. So <laughs> it's not something we're prepared for. We're really good at musical numbers. <laughs> Um, and not so good at action sequences and it's a very different skill to minute by minute podcast an action sequence versus a musical number yes so here's the attacking are we ready for the attacking um after after we do the attacking i have some other notes and i'm sure everyone else has other notes yeah i think my main notes are during the attack so we can we can get into it rick and julia you guys are ready for it oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) all right first before we we get into it max is on a leash for the first time and mm-hmm. grimsby is holding his leash mm-hmm. important note it's an, it's an important it's an important note i don't like max being on a leash it doesn't seem to suit him. no it doesn't seem he's been a good dog <laughs> yeah all right so we have birds flying overhead mm-hmm. and they first and as they fly down um you hear Mickey Mousing as the instruments go down, but you also hear airplane sound, sound effects. effects like, like propeller. <laughs> yeah. and I, like, I don't know if it's airplane machine guns, but like, that's what it evokes. Yeah. And they're like, flying, these are down. They literally, are... if, if Vanessa hadn't ducked so low, they would have hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, but they literally zoom right above her. And these birds have some funny. I love these birds. Some funny these gags. Are great birds. All right. And Scuttle's leading them. Mm hmm. So, birds attack the head. Yes. She two dodges. times. So, they attack her two times. First, 
overhead. Second time, they come back around and go underneath her skirt. Yeah. Which is very funny, but also like... I don't know why they aimed for that. Nope. No idea. And then they're chasing everybody on, like, all the wedding guests? Gosh. Any chaos to stall the wedding, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so I paused it. As the birds were flying underneath Vanessa, they were coming out from between her legs, and they looked, like, very almost gleeful because they were really messing with this lady. But I paused it just a few shots after that when they're chasing people around and all of a sudden they've got angry eyes. Yes. Yes. We have, we have paused it in that same sequence. And it's like, why these birds look mean all of a sudden. Like, and there's another moment when they, when they have like a game face on. Should we go ahead and talk about that moment? Sure. Okay. Cause there's no, there's nothing that like directly connects to him, but it's the shot of the priest um, or pastor bishop, or bishop minister. Yeah. Um, the official. Um, and so the, the main purpose of that shot is to show that he is still reading through the vows. But if you watch the birds, they look like they've just gotten pushed away from something. And then they like <laughs> square their shoulders and they're like, okay, we're going back in. And like the imagery I get from it is very like cowboy going back into the saloon during the fight. Like, mm-hmm. he, like he got pushed out of the saloon doors <laughs> and then he like, He's like, they just pushed me out of here. And he like leans his shoulders and he's like, well, I'm going back in. They have like a very <laughs> big game face on. They're like, nah, we're going, we're yeah, going back like, into So this. I don't know what happened to him or like how they got pushed away, but that's, but they clearly have like that shoulder tilt. Like, nope, I'm back in this. Yeah. Like, you can't push me out. I'm, I'm in this fight. Yes. Uh, I love it. I think that's like some of the best. Absolutely. Like bird animation. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, then we have the seals jump somehow jump onto the ship. Oh, 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 I don't oh. know how high a seal can jump. These are not seals. Sea lions. These are sea lions. And I, and I always point out the difference between sea lions and seals because back when Julia and I were first dating, she took me to the mystic aquarium in Connecticut and they had a sea lion show. And the main th- thesis of that show was that sea lions are better than seals in just about every way (laughs) and that seals are just a poor facsimile of the grandeur of what sea lions can accomplish (laughs) so the fact that the sea lions have or the fact that these sea lions in the movie has have such large front flippers totally accurate to real sea lions their tails also look pretty accurate but when they take vanessa and they are juggling her that is also something that you will never see a seal do. I thought I always thought that was a seal thing was the was the like bouncing balls on their nose. Because nope, seals can't thing? lift up their front portion like that. Oh, seals are basically noodles with fins like they don't have the muscle uh, structure to their bodies. And so if you mm-hmm. ever see a creature like this lifting up its front half, that's a sea lion. I feel like so cultures can, lie to me. Can a sea lion toss a human? Oh yeah, yeah. On their those nose? things, those things are massive. Let me, wow. let me see if I can. Especially Vanessa is not a large person. True. Yeah, she's very slight. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for this information. I had written down a note to check if if seals could toss people, and I didn't check that out. So I'm glad that you have come in with the correct information. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Male sea lions can grow up to 11 feet long in length and weigh almost 2,500 pounds. And for our our European listeners, that's 1,120 kilograms 
Females are smaller. They only grow to nine feet and weigh up to a thousand pounds. So a 110 pound person is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. That's a really big and yet, animal. And yet somehow it still doesn't make sense that they would jump from the sea up to the ship. You know, it makes the exact same amount of sense as Ariel being able to do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I can't. I can tell you, based on my research, that sea lions do jump out of the water sometimes, but I can't get any details about how, how high. high. Uh, so when they, when the sea lions, not seals, when the sea lions jump onto <laughs> the wedding ship, they knock someone over, mm-hmm. and there are only two of them. And one of them boarded somewhere else and if you look and it's really hard to see and it's only for a split second but if you look there's a woman with like blackish, dark brown black hair with a red dress and she has her back turned and then she turns and looks at the seal with her back turned her hair makes a mickey mouse really oh oh yeah i can see it huh is that the only thing you have to say about this moment no, the, the other one comes during... Is that later on? That's during Max's moment. Thank oh, you. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, getting I'm ahead. Get, I'm getting the secret the secret gags yes. mixed up. Um, then there's Scuttle and two pelicans mm-hmm. come and drop water on... How did Scuttle do this? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how he does it. But Scuttle drops just water on her. Then another. Then one pelican comes and drops water and seaweed on her, on Vanessa. I don't mm-hmm. think I've mentioned Vanessa's name. And then a, a second pelican comes and drops water and three, I think I counted three blue lobsters on her and only one lands like perfectly on her, on her and lands on her head. And boy, is he psyched to be there. Oh. Boy, is he psyched like, to be there? He like like the he's like, I got it. And then he I'm pinches for her the nose. nose and she squeals. Wait a second. Hold on. I'm looking back at it. I don't think he that second pelican is dropping seaweed. Those look like green fish to me. Oh, all the green stuff looks like fish to you? Yeah, I'm paused we at did, like we did not just at eleven it. seconds. Okay. We didn't oh, we did not fish. those I'm, are definitely fish. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just seaweed. I thought it was just seaweed. We, we didn't pause and do an entire frame by frame analysis. Oh, that is my jam right there. <laughs> Our secret is revealed. We, we did like every couple of frames. Yeah, like, like we do it frequently. We pause a lot, but we. It, it's we also need hard to, to do it on, on Disney Plus to to go frame by frame by frame. By frame. <laughs> yeah, there's not really a mechanism for it. So um, those fish are, are are dead now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they probably absolutely. did not volunteer for this mission. Yeah, um, that was. I mean, he was in the middle so, of catching his dinner. Yeah, so like they can be dead inside the pelican, or they can be dead on the boat. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing yeah. they're dead on the boat. Maybe they got pushed back into the water Maybe. at some point. Someone, Maybe they someone were able started to swap do... their way back. Like, yeah. there's there's a fish medic in this on. crew. <laughs> like, my job is to make sure that everyone survives this mission. Yes. Yeah, because a good portion of these animals don't survive <laughs> out of water. Yeah. 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 So there's a time frame, and so someone's like somebody's got to be ready for cleanup. Which mm-hmm. the pelicans would be great at. Oh, absolutely. They can scoop some water into their bill. And then pick everyone up and dump them over the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as Scuttle and the Pelicans drop the water and stuff on on Vanessa, there's some Mickey Mousing there. The like, crash bump, the- bump, bump. Mm-hmm. 
Then the lobster pinches Vanessa's nose. And, He's so thrilled about this. <laughs> and all these starfish, again, more than the four we mm-hmm. saw yesterday, uh, plop. Okay, there's on no her, good suction explanation onto for her. how did these oh my God. these starfish travel at velocity? Yeah, these starfish are amazing. You know what? Like, That's what the third sea lion is up to. Ah, he, <laughs> oh. he prepped a cannon of starfish, or he threw them himself. Okay, or another pelican, or he's Julia. Like, yes, do you remember the last time we watched Muppet Treasure Island? At, during I the big climactic fight scene, Gonzo pops out of somewhere <gasps> and he has starfish in his hand and he throws and, them. Like throwing like stars. Ni- like, yeah. Like ninja yes. stars. That's right. So I, I, I got to say, two of these starfish are being quite saucy in this moment, grabbing <laughs> yes. Vanessa in a very particular spot. But there is the one starfish that goes on Vanessa's face. He's and I think this, to is, this is a good opportunity to remind everybody that. Uh, when a starfish feeds, what they do is they extend their stomach out of their mouth and over the digestible parts of its prey, such as like muscles and clams. And then the prey tissue is partially digested externally before the soup-like, quote, chowder it produced is drawn back into the starfish's digestive glands. Is that why we call chowder chowder? Probably. Ew. So... This starfish doing the face hugger maneuver from Alien could be eat, trying to do some real damage. Eat her. Okay. Well, also, yeah. it's okay. covering her nose and mouth, which I didn't exactly see how the lobster let go of her nose so quick. Yeah, the lobster's claw should have been stuck underneath. Yes. But it wasn't. I took this as a symbolic I- move. I mean, the voice has been a huge part of this movie and a huge part of, of the plot. So she is at this moment screaming and she is yes. silenced. Mm. Oh, I like that. I like that That's a lot. Fair. Um, And there's uh, not Mickey Mousing, but a sound effect as the starfish does plop onto her mouth mm-hmm. like a suction cup noise yeah. yeah yeah oh it's so great the sound right here i love it yeah it's so satisfying and we get the the bluebirds turning back around like mm-hmm. we had just mentioned get, and, getting back in there and then the sea lions are tossing vanessa one by one andrew thinks there's three here because we cut because, from one like, to another like, so it as we cut to the shot she is flying through the through the air onto a sea lion's nose. So I assume the first one like got her, tossed her to the second one, tosses her to the third one, which tosses her on the cake. Uh yeah, I think I I think I agree with that. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 This kingdom has terrible on, luck on when cake. it comes to cakes. Mm-hmm. And it's covered in cake, which now, is you... on a table and then she's standing on the ground. But she like, Oh yeah, she breaks off the, of the table. table. There's, yeah, like she breaks yeah. it and slides slides off, possibly. Now, did you skip the part where she starts pulling off the starfish? That's oh, right no, before, I, I, I missed that part. Before she, the sea lion, like... Yeah, she takes off the starfish and is like, why you little? And then the sea lion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have something to say specifically oh, I just, about that? I just love that, like, she's getting so intensely involved. It's like, this is so frustrating. Like, you are getting <laughs> in the way of my plan. Oh, and amidst all this, Eric is still... 
like totally glazed. The standing oh, okay. there, the and the artist... minister is still continuing on with this ceremony while all the wedding guests are like, "What is going on?" Mm-hmm. The artist in charge of animating Eric must have loved working on this scene. He's <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, the minutes at a time where I don't have to have him do anything that blank." <laughs> I just got to make sure he looks totally glazed. Yes. Uh, then the dolphins spit at Vanessa. There's three there, just like we saw. Conveniently cleaning off the cake. Mm-hmm. Yes, very kind and of somehow them. Somehow jumping. I totally, feet. I totally believe dolphins jump believe, that high now. Believe, yeah, okay. But dolphins are bananas. I just don't know how tall this ship is. I gotta remember. <laughs> yeah. From when I was a kid, going to the Mystic Aquarium and the Dolphin Show, I think they do jump that high. Hecka high. Yeah, they, like, I know they jump high. I just don't know how tall this ship is. And so I don't yeah. know if they would jump this high. That's my only question. My main concern is how long they stay, stay up, up there. And like, they, they stay really up there and then it. they fly back down. Yeah. Uh, then squ- squawks, oh. <laughs> scuttles, squawks mm-hmm. in Vanessa's face. And he looks so cheerful. He's like, haha, just but, like the blue lobster. He's just like, haha, I got these, you. These animals are loving it. Okay. Yeah, they're, they are. <laughs> They're having a blast. I need to cut in here. I just looked it up. Dolphins can jump, and I'm talking vertically, 15 to 30 feet. What? Out of the water. 30, 30 feet? 30 feet. What? That's wow. like the height of our house. Yeah. It's so high. That's so high. Like if you so were no on the. problem s- getting to this. No, yeah, I would if not. If you were on the third floor of a building. Yeah. And a dolphin could jump up and spit water at you. Wow. Wow. My goodness. Crazy. So Scuttle squawks in Vanessa's face, and he's so cheerful. And then she grabs his neck and is wringing him. Mm -hmm. And he grabs onto her necklace. Yes. Does he know that that is is holding Ariel's voice? Is he going for it? Intentionally. Does he know that it's relevant to her magic? She was clutching it right some when she when he saw her yeah he's in the best position to know but what that thing is all about he may not know specifically what it is but he did see her yeah clutching it and it was it glowing when she was clutching it sure i don't remember Uh, but it was clear that she cherished it and she's wearing it to her wedding so it must be something important yeah. yeah, so like I'm not 100% sure, but I also do totally believe that Scuttle could get lucky like this. Oh, he's trying yeah. to do something. It's like, ah, he got it and and it's fine. So I don't Bumbling mind into it. into the right answer. But somehow while she's wringing his neck, he grabs it in his mouth. I can't remember if he grabs it by his feet first or if he just grabs it by his mouth. I think he grabs it in his mouth and then he starts like paddling at her face with his feet. Yeah. Uh, and then Max, the real, the real hero, the real hero, here, <laughs> escapes from Grimsby and runs and bites her butt. So interesting like, statistic, according to a study from the Center for Disease Control, approximately 4.5 million dog bites occur in the United States each year, and 800,000 yeah. of those bites result in medical care. The U.S. population is approximately 328.2 million people as of 2019. That means a dog bites one out of every 73 people a year. Oh, wow. So I... if you've never been bitten by a dog... You're doing pretty good. Yeah. So if you're in a room of 100 people, statistically, one of those people should be bitten by a dog this year. Wow. Huh. That's a lot. 
I no, wonder, I've gotten... but I wonder statistically it's so it may be like pretty disproportional, like people working animal control account for a significantly yeah. higher portion of that. People yeah. who are dog owners yeah. account yeah. for a significantly larger propor- yeah. portion Evil of that. Evil sea witches dis- uh, disguised as brides, you know, they I make mean, up that's, a majority. That's one for one. <laughs> yeah. Are there um, statistics about how many of those are in the rump? Probably. Did I look it up? Nope. No. Yeah, like you can probably get the report on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so and that's, and that's I just I in the U.S. There's yeah. four and a half million dog bites in the U.S. every year, and so mm-hmm. you think about worldwide. Um, you know, you're dealing with with many millions. I've I've grown up most of my life with a a dog in my house. Um, I've had two family dogs, and my do- my family now has another dog, but they got that after I moved to college. How many bites? Uh, Amongst your family, I, we'll say. While they were while they were training, uh, like a couple like nibbles. Oh, dog trainers. Dog that training is... is is like I've gotten bit by, but not like deep. It's not that hasn't broken skin. It's just been like nibbles or or anything. But my dogs have never really like bitten me. But one of my dogs got seriously bitten by two two huskies in our neighborhood. Uh, and had to go to the emergency room, and we didn't know if he was going to make it. I don't think dog on dog was going into the statistic. Julia, do you remember what kind of dog my parents have? Jake, is he a teacup Yorkie? Yeah, something so, really, really small. He's a tiny small. little dog. He's an ankle and, biter. And Literally, he, he loves ankles. He will come up to me all <laughs> the time. He's really into ankles. And I'll hold my hand in front of him, and he'll put his mouth around my hand. And what I'll do is I'll take my thumb and index finger, and I'll grab his jaw. <laughs> and it surprises him so much, because I am so many times larger <laughs> that he usually backs <laughs> off at that point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually like trying to wrap my head around the statistic i was familiar with the four and a half million dog bites i'm a cpr instructor and so i talk about like bites and stings and you know general first aid stuff and so i talk about that statistic of four and a half million dog bites every year but the way you read it said like not that many of them actually require medical attention right oh yeah yeah and so how are they getting that stat of four and a half million if they don't have medical record to try and back it up, like how many, data. Like, yeah, yeah. Like people aren't going to be just reporting. Yeah. My dog bit me like, right. Oh, Cause my dog dogs bit me. I got to put it in. I got to put it in the trouble. report. Yeah. So it's, it's probably it generated by attention. crotchety older women riding bicycles with baskets on them, reporting neighbor <laughs> dogs and trying to get yeah. them taken away from girls in Oklahoma or Kansas so or wherever like, Wizard of Oz started. Really? Because so Kansas on, like, is kind of a big part of that story. You know, now that I say <laughs> it, it, it does make a lot of sense that okay. it would be Kansas. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, is it based on, like, reports to animal control? Hey, this dog bit me? Or people trying to report their neighbor's dogs? And so that's why they would say more than four and a half million? Like, is that how many reports they get of a dog bite, even if it didn't require medical attention? I'm really curious how they're trying to generate this statistic. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the like, CDC. You can, they got yeah, a website. Like the medical attention one makes a ton of sense because you would have medical reports like, yeah, this was a dog bite. It's in the database. Then you're good. But if you don't report it, then how are they getting that statistic? Yeah. Like, is it a poll? It's like, hey, have you been bitten by a dog this year? Like, <laughs> have, have you or someone you know been bitten by a dog this year? If so, you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> um, so I'm very curious about like that four and a half million now that I think about it. Cause as soon as you said it, it was like, I know this stat, I know this stat. 
And then I was like, wait a second. If it doesn't require medical attention, then why does it even matter? Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about this particular dog bite. So okay. the shape of Vanessa's dress, it's clear that she is wearing a bustle. She's wearing a uh, an artificial butt. Wait, you don't think that's all her? No. Rick, don't. <laughs> of course not. We, we can compare Stop it to that. when she was in her dressing room, actually. So we have... We have the data. Yes. Yeah. So this is not her butt. Her butt is deep under there. You don't think that Ursula would, you know, hold on to if, a little bit of that curvaceousness well, when she transformed into Vanessa? Can she select? And maybe it's like, well, now I'm in my dress. I can like relax my hips. It's, I mean, it's she's possible. a witch. She can do whatever she wants. Right. But it's she was. Possible. So it's possible that while she's been being attacked, her bustle has shifted or shifted broken. or broken. Also. And I don't know. So this is a question that I need answered. So like, don't take this as like a challenge to, to your argument. Like, please inform me, but like where exactly is the bustle space situated? Like, is it all towards the back or how much is towards the sides? Oh, Andrew, I'm so glad you phrased it that way and said, Oh, where is the bustle located instead of just saying, where is the butt? (laughs) I honestly don't know. And I think it would depend on the era because if we're talking um, Marie Antoinette, France, well, then it's all to the side. Yeah. Like Cinderella style. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I was picturing was like, like, I feel like I picture that and it's mostly to the side. But we're getting closer to the 1900s, which is typically in the back. Very backwards focused. 1870s fashion and i'm gonna see if i can like where is yeah that seems pretty significantly towards the back based on my immediate google image search um so i think it's possible that they may have been like damaged or or shifted shifted to the side or loosened or or something while being attacked by all these animals and getting wet and and getting cake everywhere and and all of that. Yeah, like or, oh, or she got she bounced was, by she got bounced by seals. seals. Like, like, sea that, puzzle, that puzzle is not going to stand up to sea lions, right? <laughs> so Max had to bite through or around a broken bustle because mm-hmm. there's still yeah. definitely some structure under the that dress. Okay, but on her rear but, end area, but it certainly doesn't have any like structural integrity left. Okay, yeah. so I have got. A, a silhouette like history. This is apparently from something called unzipping the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it has some, some silhouettes and it's showing 1872, 1877, 1882 and 1887. Like, um, like silhouettes from oh, the profile. Wow. So you can see the bustle and actually the late 1870s is the least bustly silhouette in this in this um expression so and it gets more bustly especially straight out the back um in the 1880s so if we're saying this is the 1870s then there's a decent chance that he would be able to like get through into um into meat yes um especially given the the harassment she sustained at this point yeah but right before he, but you're totally right yeah. about like the the bustle does seem to be focusing more to the back and and less to the sides. Um, yeah, I don't know why they would do that or like what the the notion is for it, but like yeah, 
or like at this point it could have just fallen out i don't know how exactly it's attached or or how intricate it is involved yeah. in like the structure of the outfit she just may not have a bustle at this point it's possible yeah could can that fall out i i don't how's the architecture could, i don't know i would i would imagine that it's just tied onto her waist yeah i think it's just tied so it's possible it's, it just came loose. I don't I don't yeah. want to go too deep into Googling like bustle <laughs> placement. And, yeah, let's, let's and, like I'm I'm not gonna go through that hole. Yeah. It's probably it's even a completely separate structure from her corset yeah. and her yeah. uh whatever hoopage she's wearing mm-hmm. under that dress. But you're right, Which Andrew. You don't need to go up that dress. <laughs> because when you see her when she's standing on the cake, all of a sudden it's it, it's like a very loose gown yeah it's not there's it's not structured it's it's now you know to her form yeah yeah so right before max which i should point out like that means they did a good job like tracking the type of damage she was going through and like getting her wet and her hair getting all bedraggled and stuff like they were showing the 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 wear and tear through this attack they didn't just stick to the model yeah which is great because in yesterday's minute we talked about that was yesterday's minute. No, that was two min- two days ago. Recently, recently, we talked about Ariel's j- Ariel outfit not outfit going getting through. wet at all. Oh yeah, and yes we did. So and we'll talk more about how sh- that in a minute. But right before Max bites Vanessa's rear, um, there's you see him run across the screen and it's really fast and you can't see anything unless you like stop at right the at the exact moment, but. There is, you can see it if you stop at their exact moment, there is the Duke, the, the Duke, <gasps> the Grand Duke, and the King what? from Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, all right. What? I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, pause around second They're 36. With the, with the... Oh my um, gosh! He's got the monocle oh and the mustache goodness. and everything. Oh, I love it. I am shook. <laughs> I am shook. I am so happy. But it like it doesn't look quite quite like them, but it's definitely it's them. Definitely oh, it them. is definitely them. Yeah. Like you don't you don't get that mustache on a background character on accident. With a monocle. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys okay? <laughs> I love minute by minute podcasts. This is just... <laughs> This is what it's all about. It's this so satisfyingly perfect. Do you I mean, do you want a, another great one from earlier in this film? Yes. In the concert scene with Ariel's sisters. Oh, If you yes. get the right establishing spot, you can see Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in the audience. Which yes. I'm convinced is a foreshadowing to the Kingdom Hearts video games. Right. There, there's also a Kermit the Frog there. I did mm. not know about the Kermit. <laughs> I didn't know about Kermit. There's also, weirdly, a merman who's just wearing a bow tie, but no shirt, like a Chippendale. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's That's for the after too. party. <laughs> um, and then the shell breaks. Yes. So so Max bites her. That distracts her from Scuttle, which means that he's able to like finish breaking the necklace. Yes. Which launches, launches the, the shell and then it shatters at Ariel's feet. At Ariel's feet. So Convenient. Ariel has climbed up the side of the we ship. We established earlier on in this movie the prodigious upper body strength yes. natural mm-hmm. to the mermaid. <laughs> she definitely has super strength. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because she climbed the side of Eric's ship without legs at all. Just yeah, but that flipper. was with a ladder, and this one does Possibly. not have. She climbed a pole. Yeah, she climbs the the oar. Yeah, at least partially. 
Um, and she's got legs to help her. Like, no problem. I mean, did you guys have at your playground a fireman's pole and you would climb up it? I totally did. I, mean, uh, I never yes. climbed up it, but... Yes, we would climb up it, sort and, of. And down. And you know, I'd do both. We wouldn't actually... You know, I was see. a chicken child. I, I was scared to go and, down the fireman's pole. And I was trying to like prove my strength, so I would try to do it without my legs. Didn't do it very well at 10 years old. <laughs> um, but I would try. And so, like, totally feasible. Okay. And she climbs over, up, uh, mm-hmm. up and over. She, it, It's kind of just miraculous how strong she is. She's fit. Do it. But when she's standing barefoot on the Mm-hmm. Oh, on the ship, yes. She okay. So she lands. She's barefoot. We get a really, really good look at her being barefoot. And Me. then when Max runs up to her, she's wearing black shoes. She got her flats back. <sighs> yeah. No. Like oh, right when she says Max scared. runs up to her and she says Eric, she's mm-hmm. wearing shoes. Yeah, she's oh, been wow. barefoot since Monday or since uh, minute sixty-eight. Yeah. Yeah, she was barefoot when she jumped in the water. Yeah. But she just stole someone's shoes real quick. And they're not flats. Those definitely have heels. Yes. Oh, do, do they have heels? Oh, yeah. yeah. I always picture yeah, them wow. as, as black flats. Okay, wow. so the question here that I have is okay. when the shell broke, did the voice go back to Ariel because it is her voice, or did it go to Ariel because she was literally standing over it? And oh. does that mean that if the I... shell had broken at someone else's foot, that her voice would have gone into someone else. Like Max. I think that there's definitely the, I, I think there has to be an open voice slot in the person that it goes to, unless it's being intentionally forced by a sea witch. So I think it's a combination. Like she was the closest person with an empty voice box. Yeah. Cause the voice needed a vessel. Mm. It's vessel yeah. broke. It needed one. If it could just go into any person, then Ursula wouldn't have needed the shell. She would have just held on to it herself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she could voluntarily switch back and forth between the two voices. Yeah. Which so, would and, be excellent. I would love Ar- that. And Ursula's carrying like an external voice hard drive in the shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's why she was wearing the shell. Is she needed to be she wearing it to, be to, wearing use, it the to use the voice for as Vanessa for the for the wedding. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. I think it, it helped that Ariel was right there and you can see the, the swirling, the swirling magic. And the magic and the audio adjustment that they did to it is pretty fantastic. It is beautiful. You can, like, and you can it. also see the animation. Cause as it goes into her voice that she's not saying anything, she, she, her mouth isn't open. And then as it goes into her voice, she, her mouth is open and she's vocalizing. I didn't notice that one. I was too focused on the ball of light. <laughs> so I didn't notice her mouth. Um, but yeah, I just love how they they edited it to make it seem, I guess, muffled is the term I want. But it just it seems like it's external. Yeah, yeah it's her. very ethereal. And they, they turn it internal and it sounds super clear. And it's like, oh, it sounds right. And I don't yeah, know the what transition was beautiful. Yeah, I don't know what processing they do to that voice, but it's great. Yeah, like that's exactly what you should do with it. Yeah. And we see Eric and as he gets out of the trance. Instead of the like dark eyes that he had when he got into the trance, or or am I imagining? No, he, he so the there's the little glowy light in the edge oh of yeah his the eye. glowing that disappears the, yeah that disappears but it's also you can see in his reflection you can see the swirly 
Does it do all swirly stuff? Stuff. That's a nice touch. So, wow. But you don't see like Ariel, but I just see the glowing stuff the that swirly just swirls light and then, of and then her it, like, voice disappears. Doing her thing. Or wait, what are you talking about with the reflection of the swirly stuff? Like, it seems like it's reflecting the swirly stuff going around Ariel. Okay. But it's, but it's just the swirly stuff. It's not Ariel. Yeah. If the, if the blacks of his eyes are his pupils, then his mm-hmm. pupils are like fully dilated. Dilated yeah. is well, wide when you're open. They're pretty stuff. wide. Yeah. Yeah. And they're filled with that light. And as that light goes away, the pupils return to a more normal size. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a good effective way to indicate under a spell. Yes. And then he grabs his head like he has a headache. Is it like a hangover or? Ooh, I like the hangover like, idea. Is that like yeah. a hangover or I mean, something like, like that? I mean, fuzzy and maybe heavy headed probably has a headache. Like, dude, I mean, where's my car sort of situation? Where, yeah. where am I in my wedding Any, suit what, and on the ship? Yeah. Where and, am I? What's else. happening? Why am I wearing my fancy wedding jacket? <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> this is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> Anything so, that's, that's like neurologically, you know, modifying, like is going to leave some sort of after effects, right? Probably. You know, like that's, that's something they're talking about. I mean, if if somebody takes too much Benadryl, <laughs> they start to get fuzzy. So, True. I mean, he could it could be similar to any type of mind altering substance. It's just magical substance instead of physical substance or chemical substance. So, okay, I'm gonna say that there's gonna be disorientation as the effects dissipate, which I so I think that's fair. And people are typically gonna grab their head for that sort of stuff, even if there's not like a physical concussion concern or anything like that. Do you think so. he can remember any of this? Like if it's uh, there in his head at all? Like the last 24 hours? Weirdly, yeah. Weirdly, based on his actions next week, I'm going to say it informs him of more of what's been going on. Because he he proceeds with like a fair amount of surety and confidence next week. Um, as though he's like, no, I get it. Magic mermaids. There's a sea witch. I'm on board. I'm ready to go. Okay. Right? Like... Because you would think he'd just be like freaking out and say, Ariel's a mermaid. What is going on? But like, <laughs> no. next week he goes, he's like no, they're going to be underwater. I got to get a harpoon. I'm good to go. So somehow I think like it's caused him to know more. And the way he reacts, the way he says Ariel is like, oh, wait, Ariel, you're here. You're and can you talk now? Like, like, did it clear up his memory of the shipwreck or like? It, it is. It seems like it's imparted more He's information. Just like Ariel, like it's you. Yeah. So he seems more informed now than at any other point in the movie. So yeah. you think a byproduct of of receiving some measure of magic is that come coming with that is knowledge, or or like the fact that Ursula was controlling his mind meant that she had to be in his mind and so there's some cross-contamination Ooh, i like the cross-contamination idea so if she is like so she with ariel's voice from the magic shell it's all like oh now he's kind of up to date on the spell that put her voice in the shell to some degree and so he's like yeah i'm getting these flashes of what's been going on from your perspective and now i know some like i know what's going on so in the uh book that i've now mentioned way too many times um 
It, we should be getting a cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has Eric. So it's five years in the future, and he's married to Vanessa, who's now basically ruling the kingdom. And he's still mind controlled. No, like he he's really depressed and doesn't feel like he has control over his life. But he's writing an opera that Ooh. has, and and he's kind of been wiped of his mind of of anything that has to do with the girl with no voice um ariel and and he's writing an opera that has to do basically with everything about ariel and so i think even though he's been like mind controlled Mm -hmm. to say he's still like he can still have like the ability to see things even if like he's just like oh it's just like my imagination or or something what if what if Vanessa was just like gloating about everything in front of him while he was mind controlled and he just remembers that? Possibly. Um, and so he knows like, oh, she was controlling me. Ariel's the person I really care about. Yeah. So she could like that would totally be like a villain monologuing thing. Yeah. So that could we've got a few potential answers. <laughs> I think we've we've cleared that subject. What what's the best answer? I think yours. The, like, mind control cross-contamination? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. If you're going to be imposing your will on somebody, then it's also going to, like, inform them to some degree. You know, it's not a one-way street. Because, yeah, like, if you're going to manipulate somebody, then, like, they're going to have some awareness of it. I think that sounds fair. Um, I really love that Max... Has, Max has always liked Ariel, and I really like that he's just happy to see her. I think it's a nice contrast to how he reacted to Vanessa. Yeah, Max is great. Good judge of character. And it really shows that he's like, hey, this is the girl you're supposed to be with. This is the girl who Max has been trying to save your life. Like, it's her. Hello. If only animals could talk in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We've why can't about how to just talk? Mammals. That's, yeah, mammals that's right. Mammals. Fowl, fowl can talk, and 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 sea Fish. creatures can yeah. talk, but Most mammals and sharks sh- and sharks can't. Apparently, it's 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 pretty arbitrary, guys. <laughs> Speaking um, of arbitrary, um, I found a ranker list of the best wedding interruptions voted on <laughs> by people going on the website. And surprising absolutely no one, considering it's the internet, the number one wedding interruption is the one from Shrek. Because it's uh, the internet. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. That's the one from The Graduate doesn't show up until number eight. Okay, here's the thing. With the one from Shrek, like, that's in the first Shrek movie. Yeah. And that's not nearly as good as the interruption of the party in Shrek 2. To <laughs> holding out for a hero. Because that one, that song's amazing. And that's like a pretty solid sequence. And they have a great like callback to the Iron Giant with the giant gingerbread man. Like it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Julia, be you'll be happy to know that while you were sleeping came in at number six. <gasps> oh, love, okay. Love while you were sleeping. So yeah, I love that movie. But I'm gonna it's be so honest much. here, I've only seen Shrek the first movie, and I've only seen it like twice. And that was like probably 15 years ago. <laughs> I don't know if I'm very interested in watching Shrek again, but I think I've I seen am the, interested I've seen the in musical, Shrek too. The the I've seen I've listened to the musical, the Broadway musical of Shrek, because one of my favorite actors is in it, and 
Uh, she plays Fiona, and I've seen the the recording of it on Netflix. So I've mm. seen that multiple times, but the actual animated film I've only seen like twice. I bet and I've only seen the first one. I bet Shrek Two holds up better than Shrek. It's I'm not, not Disney, sure. So. But the entry that really made me smile was number 13 because it was the wedding interruption from the first Mamma Mia movie. Oh. And oh. this summer, I fell in love with the Mamma Mia movies. I like Mamma yeah, Mia. Yeah, it was, it was the summer of Mamma Mia in this house. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. Like, if you're getting into it and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I once went and saw <laughs> a sing-along version with a bunch of my <gasps> musical friends like back in middle school. Oh, that sounds fun. And they were like a dozen other people in the in the theater and they all looked back at us as we were singing they're all like why are you singing and we're like it's the sing-along version that would be amazing i oh that would be amazing yeah everyone else looked at us strange they were like it's a it's the sing-along version like didn't you see your ticket (laughs) don't you see (laughs) the words on the screen anyways i like mama me a lot the Ma- Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, is the superior of the two. I I know you're probably right. And I've seen, them, <laughs> and I, and I've seen it and everything. And I'm like, yeah. But like, I just have this really soft spot for, for the first one. Yeah, so um, Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, is to Mamma Mia as the Road Warrior is to the original Mad Max. <laughs> they um, both have their place. They are both needed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you watch the first one to get a better appreciation of the second one, but there's so much more time, money, and effort put into the second one that it elevates the experience overall, which is not sure, something yeah. you can say about the Disney animated sequels. That's <laughs> oh my generally true, except Toy Story 2 is... That's Pixar. That's Pixar. Well, yeah. But- <laughs> Rescuers Down Under was amazing. It was yeah, Rescue yeah. Under is it, that's amazing. In that, that's He's, in that category. Yes, that's yeah. a superior sequel. Um, a superior sequel. That one was released up, in theaters. My favorite though. sequel was Little Mermaid sequel. Yeah, it's one of the better sequels. I don't think I've ever. It's not a great sequel, it. but it's one of the better sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, Lion King two, Lion King one and a half. Well, <sighs> and, and so Rick, you said something interesting because you, you you referred to Rescuers Down Under and being released in theaters, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. We, I think it, it, it was. was. It was. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it's the it's what we consider the holdover into the renaissance of the previous era. Because it comes out in 1990. But Little it Mermaid feels came like... out in 1989. And Rescuers Down Under came out in 1990. But it still has the same feel and animated structure as the pre-renaissance, the, the pre-renaissance films. films. Whereas Mermaid is and then, the first renaissance film. Yeah. And then Beauty and the Beast, was that 91 or 92? It's one of the two. I can't remember. I think it's 91. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, But yeah, so Rescuers Down Under. Really solid film. I mean, they've got George C. Scott doing that Australian accent Mm -hmm. for for McLeach. (laughs) And Joanna is... It's oh, a great Joanna, so, I love Joanna. way past this minute. I know. Um, (laughs) It's because we're just enjoying talking. Um, I mean, we got back into Disney from Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia too, though. <laughs> yeah, I I know you're right. I just love Mamma Mia, and I like I don't want to love Mamma Mia two more. Than You've I only love seen Mama it Mia. once. I know, and I know it's better, and it makes me feel bad. <laughs> we should have a Mamma Mia weekend because we can't really have a Mamma Mia marathon because we have children. So we should have a Mamma Mia weekend. Yeah, we can watch one movie. 
a day because <laughs> we can't just blow through them. I right. need I need a Mamma Mia minute podcast hosted by like three women who are adult friends. Actually, you know what? You know what I also need that same setup, but a Witches of Eastwick minute with that same setup mm. of hosts. Yeah, three adult female friends talking about this movie that of could be three a adult theme female friends of, i know that like that, movies that, that are about because, female adult friendships i know i know they've already done hocus pocus minute but i feel yeah. like that would be the same tone that you would want mm. you yeah. know like if someone was going to redo it it's like okay but if you're doing it as part of this like three adult women friends dynamic i i, I would say me and my two best friends but I'm the only podcaster, and one of them <laughs> so has now moved it. out of state, so, so it'd be not a little option. tricky. <laughs> um, all right. We should wrap it up if we're going to wrap it up. Though. Yes, we should. Uh, so, Little Mermaid, do you guys have any final things that you need to say? Like, your experiences well, with it? Or is there something else? Kestra's looking at me like there's something else important to say. Well, we kind of got what Julia's background is True. on it, but Rick, where... Ha- where does Disney animated films and and Little Mermaid um, come, come into, into your life? Your life? Um, I was not in the target demographic when this movie came out. I was in the age range of if you brought if my parents had brought me to the theater, they would have gotten dirty looks from the other people in the theater because I would have been a two year old uh, <laughs> who should not be in the theater at that time. So I watched this movie on video cassette like most kids my age you get it before it goes into the Disney vault. And I watched this movie, not nearly as much as some other ones, just because it wasn't a story that I could necessarily relate to. I was the one that was watching Muppet treasure Island and rescuers down under and love things Muppet treasure like that. Island. You've said that twice. Now know, this episode. It's so good. It's, it's hard not to love. Um, <laughs> it, it is, it is low key, like a top three Muppet movie. Yeah, we oh, all definitely. We, we almost covered that movie as Patreon content. We did, and uh, there was no justification for it. Uh, <laughs> so it's yeah, I so darn fun. I've always been aware. Yeah, I've always been aware of the Little Mermaid, uh, but it's never been a, a large part of my entertainment lexicon, so to speak. So, like for this, were you? digging it up and saying, you know, I haven't seen this in a while. Exactly. Or, or did you feel like pretty familiar? Well, that's the nice thing about these Disney Renaissance movies is you see them once and they stick with you. So mm-hmm. if I could equivocate it to like a dessert, I remembered the flavor of it, even if I didn't necessarily remember all of the subtle, you know, nods <laughs> from here and there. I like fair. Fair. That's a good, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. All right. Last chance for you guys to talk about little mermaid with us. Anything that you got to unload. And I'm just really glad that when they did the script treatment for this movie, they didn't go with the original Hans Christian Andersen ending (laughs) where she has to like stab Eric in the heart, but then doesn't. And so Mm -hmm. becomes a, air spirit because that just would have really thrown people for a loop yeah yeah and, we've talked about and, that yeah. yeah the queen of, of of denmark has said that hans christian anderson just never knew how to end a story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's is that that was in reaction to this, right? Yeah. People, people it, in Denmark say, ah, oh, Disney changed the ending of, of The Little Mermaid. And the Queen's like, yeah, Hans was not good at ending this story. <laughs> and also the the ending where where Ariel or The Little Mermaid becomes an air spirit uh, was not the original ending. It just ended with her turning to seafoam. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So which, which original version do you want? The seafoam tragedy, and then he, or and then he added the an extra spirit one, and maybe she will get a soul because he 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 published <laughs> it in like sections, and then he published the last one like a long time after because people were complaining. Uh, Julia, any final words? Um, I am grateful that we came on the show because it had been a long time since I had seen this movie, so long that you know. Enough time had passed that I saw the movie completely different in in watching it to prep to come on the show. I see I see it now as an adult, which is for Disney can be kind of trying sometimes <laughs> because the protagonist is a 16-year-old girl who is foolishly falling in love with somebody that she doesn't even know <laughs> and insisting that she's a grown-up even when she's not. Mhm. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun watching it again from a completely different perspective than, you know, watching it as a kid. Yeah. Well, we are glad that you guys joined us and we will be sure to get you guys on for our next season. Mm-hmm. And future seasons. And future seasons. Oh, we're looking forward to, our to next it. Season, we're going to be gathering tons of guests. If you guys had each had like one movie, got to make sure that we get you in. Oh, what is it for each of you? Oh, of, of all the Disney animated films. Um, Mulan is my favorite, mm-hmm. of course. And I have a soft spot for Sleeping Beauty. A lot of people don't love Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. We love Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping- it's the soft spot that I have is directly related to the artwork. I think that's I think one of the best that, reasons. And that's to, and to that's one of the reasons that. people don't like it is because it's such weird artwork. But that's one of our, but our I, it's so favorite films. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. She loves Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, our daughter is always like, Aurora, Aurora. <laughs> she wants Sleeping Beauty to to be on TV a lot. Which <laughs> is interesting because she like sits through the credits and everything and she doesn't get bored with it. I'm like, I get bored with these credits. Yeah. <laughs> and the opening song. But oh, and Robin Hood. Love Robin Hood. Love Robin Hood. Rick, if you could, if if you got to pick your top ones to be on. Hmm. Well, I am a big fan of the Hercules movie because mm-hmm. there are a lot of really fun parts of that. But I also remember seeing the Lion King a lot, like in the theater on cassette tape tons of that i mean if you guys ever like branch out into a muppet movie i mean you're crossing into you know a side hustle i guess i mean i mean we are planning on hopefully maybe possibly uh doing like a goofy movie even though it already has we like we already has a i mean they broadly said that people are welcome to yeah, but we um, yeah, we love a goofy movie, and it was done by like the secondary animated. But there, but there's a crew doing Muppet movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like we, 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 I'm sure at some point when we catch up, we talk about them on an off week yeah. or something, we could have you guys over to to talk about over like we're actually in the same 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not COVID times or something. Um, but like maybe we team up and do an off season Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, that would be that's, so oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah it, we've already covered Pocahontas and the rescuers down under in hiatus <laughs> material, but I definitely would not be opposed to talking about that more because I mean, we've already gushed about rescuers down under, but as far as Pocahontas was concerned, like we did not give that movie a fair shake. We were very critical because it was us it was also Julia's family, and we were in Virginia at the time. So I was like, born we, in Virginia. And I grew up in Virginia. My yeah. parents met at the Jamestown site. So there's like there's some strong feelings. Yeah, I we kind of I feel like site. we pulled an Ursula and we raked the we we, we raked it across <laughs> the coals. <laughs> I like I I feel so conflicted about how to talk about it because I want to be generous, but it's also very hard to be generous on certain aspects of that one in particular. I just love the record. Peter that Pan. Movie. Yeah. Peter Pan. Like there's some tough spots. guys. Oh, Julia hates Peter Pan. I do like the character. Um, I'm not a fan of the movie either, <laughs> but I hate Peter Pan. The character, the ride is really good <laughs> at Disneyland. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's a very Excellent. nice ride. So I do recommend that. All right. Well, <laughs> We've just been enjoying you guys so much. So we've been dragging it out, but <laughs> we really need to wrap it up for our listeners. So that's it for today uh, and for the week. We're part of Dueling Genre and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. And there you can also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all the Dueling Genre productions. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute and on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. And our guests can be found at MadMaxMinute.com on Instagram and Twitter. We are at MadMaxMinute and you can find our stuff on Facebook by just putting MadMaxMinute up in the search bar and you should be able to find our main page as well as our listener group, which is called Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. There you go. A lot of places to, to go and pursue more of the Mad Max Minute stuff. Um we should point out, we mentioned a bunch of them, but go to moviesbyminutes.com and you can see, or, or mxm.com. Is it moviesbyminutes.com? It's moviesbyminutes.com. I don't know. I don't know where mxm.com is going to direct you. So don't go there. Movies by <laughs> uh, is going to give you the full list of, uh, of movies by minutes podcasts that are like officially recognized, sanctioned by, by the greater community. Um, it's not that hard guys. If you're doing one, just submit it to the, to like the admin of the site or like tell us we'll get it to the right people like it's a nice community but there's like 200 movies on there um or or different well over 200 movies for sure there's like 200 different podcast feeds and a lot of them cover more than one movie um so go check it out find something that you love uh and and hopefully enjoy a new podcast of people talking about a movie that you enjoy uh we want to say thanks to, to Scott Tofty for our theme music and Nick English for our cover art. And until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your world. <laughs> <laughs>